Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 19. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 19. Say amen when you're there. Some of you, I can still hear pages turning. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 19. And don't forget, Father's Day, Phil Stacey will be in the house, American Idol guy, and he'll be leading worship that Sunday. Most importantly, though, men, is we will have chicken and waffles for breakfast. So uh, be sure to get here early and uh, enjoy that with us. Let's look at the Word of God together. It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are what? What does it say? They're the children of God. And the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your what? Adoption to sonship. Everyone say adoption. It says that the spirit that you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. And I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I love this part of the scripture. He's saying, listen, the turmoil and the hell and the mess that you go through now cannot compare to the glory that you will receive in Christ Jesus. He says, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Go back one more time to verse 15 for me real quick. Let's look at that together. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your what? Everyone say it out loud. Adoption to sonship. And by him we cry out by Father. Now, God, I just thank you for today, and I thank you for this moment. Lord, I know a lot has happened today. There has been a lot that we've compressed into this amount of time, but yet we still take a few moments to carve out time for you, God. This is your opportunity to speak to us, Lord, that something I would say today that would minister to their hearts, God, would say something to them, Lord, that you would individually speak to us, God, as only you can do. We ask this in your precious name. And God's people said, amen. So we give the Lord a praise today as you're seated in his house. Amen. Now, I want to thank, again, Larry and Tammy for sharing their story. Listen, I know it's late, and we're usually about getting out around this time. So, wives, if you'll help your husbands hang in there with me, I promise I won't be long-winded today. For those that are paying attention, my fingers were crossed. Today I want to talk to you about the value of relationship. Everyone say relationship. You know, to me, when I think about relationship, I think it is like a big ship. It's hard to navigate the waters of relationship. We have people in here from all walks of life experiencing all different kinds of relationship. We have some teenagers in here today that are in love with their boyfriend and their girlfriend. And, you know, you don't pass notes anymore. You, you text each other. And, and, uh, but, hey, come on, how many remember the days of passing notes? You didn't have phones. You had texts. Uh, I remember the first cell phone came out. It was the back phone. You couldn't take it out of your car. Um, you know, and uh, you could reach out and touch ET with that thing, but... But, you know, I can remember the days of passing notes to my girlfriend, and, boy, if the teacher intercepted that note, you know, you just, you'd throw anybody under the train uh, to avoid that. These pass notes, so there's some people in here that, you know, they got a boyfriend and a girlfriend, and, and uh, you know, they, they got social media love and all kinds of things, you know, and, and one day they're in love, and one day they're out of love, and I, I remember those days. Come on, parents, you remember that. I remember what it was like to be felt like you were in love with someone and, you know, she was going to be your soulmate. And then this other hot chick walked by and you're like, oh, she's going to be my soulmate. And I like her better, you know. And, and then you mature. God matures you a little bit and, and all kinds of relationships. Then there's some of us in here that we're married. And, and uh, Holly and I, we're, we're just 12 days, we'll be celebrating our 16th anniversary. And uh, so I'm excited about that. And Noah and Wendy are celebrating their anniversary today, right? And... Uh, 
And so, yeah, so some people here married and, and you have a relationship. Maybe some of you have been married before, two, three, four to six times. I don't know. And um, by the way, six is the max in Texas, I'm just telling you. And, uh, and, and there's relationships of all kinds. We have all kinds of relationships. I have relationships with, with people in here, hopefully with everyone in here. I have some level of relationship with you as your pastor. We can connect with one another, phone or, you know, however we can do it in our busy schedules. But there's relationships of all kinds. I love relationships. I love making relationships happen. I love meeting new people, and obviously the job I'm in, that's a good thing, you know. I, I love meeting new people and connecting with new people and hearing their stories and seeing where God has brought them from and what God is going to do in their life and sitting down with people and praying with them and watching God take a broken family. It's a beautiful thing when, when I get a front row seat to, to watch grace and redemption ha- happen. Trust me, as a, as a pastor, it's a beautiful thing when, when you watch a broken family come in and, and they would say that they're at their end of their ropes, but I can talk them into just hanging there another day or hanging there another weekend and I watch God slowly slowly piece things back together and I get a front row seat every week every Sunday to watch grace and redemption happen in the lives of people I love relationships but relationships can be tough come on somebody relationships are tough relationships aren't easy relationships take work some of you missed the boat on that one. You know, if I say something good today that you like, feel free to say amen and clap because that was something good. Relationships take work. Marriage takes work. Yeah, yeah, amen. A little grumbling and poking. And when we're talking about adoption and we're talking about what we read in Romans, I want to share with you the definition of adopt because I think it fits us. As I read this, what I would like for you to do as a congregation, your response in this, your role as I read this definition is for you to think about Romans chapter 8 verses 14 through 19 that we just read. And, and as I read this, just think about what we just read about him saying, about God saying that he adopts us. It says to take by choice into relationship, to take voluntarily as one's own child. Let me read to you that again. It says to take by choice into relationship. Get that. You, you choose to bring that person or those people into relationship or to take voluntarily as one's own child. Son, where are you going? That's my son. Um, to take into relationship by choice. I had to do it. You know, I couldn't miss that opportunity. Love you, buddy. And, uh, or to take voluntarily as one's own child. Now, when you think, can we put Romans 8 back up on the screen real quick? Because I, I want you to understand this. Crossroads, I need you to comprehend this this morning. Don't dismiss this because you've been in church for a while and you've read the New Testament or you've done some study by Beth Moore or someone else over, over the book of Romans, you know, or you've attended one of our Wednesday series. But listen to me. This is very important. It says in here, verse 15, the spirit you receive doesn't make you a slave to fear like you used to be, but you receive the spirit brought about by your adoption to sonship. What is adoption? It's someone bringing you into the family by choice. And God has sent me all the way from Salado, Texas to tell you that God chose you. Look at your neighbor and say, he chose you. God chose us. He, and when I think about him choosing us, can you imagine this? The king of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the everlasting, look down and he chose you. He chose us. He adopted us. He says, you know what? I'm bringing you into the family. Adoption means that the person that's adopting willingly chooses that person or those people. God willingly chose us. 
Think about that. Think about that, church. The God that took the stars, the Bible says in Isaiah that God tossed the stars into the sky. That God. The God that spins the earth on its axis like a child would spin a top. That God chose you. The God that breathed life into a lifeless man is the same God that chose you. The God that formed something out of nothing chose you. I'm telling you today, you think you're worthless, you think you're nothing, but the God of heaven and earth stands in front of you today and he says, I choose you and I'll choose you every time. He chose you and he says, I have adopted you. I've brought you into my family. And I love what it says because as, as we read on, it's not going to be on the screen, but I want to read to you anyways. It says in Galatians 4, 5 through 7, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his son. And God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts that he calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, he has made you an heir. And that's pretty cool. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the importance of inheritance. Can you imagine that God gives us an inheritance? I mean, if he owns a, a, you know, a thousand cattle on a hill, you know what I mean? I mean, God's given us a lot. And, and God's kingdom, where his home is, where our future home will be, the streets are paved with gold. That's pretty cool. You know, that's a lot of gold that you're going to inherit someday. You know, I don't know if you can make a big old necklace out of it, you know, like a wrapper necklace or what, but... Um, but we've got a lot to inherit. God has called us his sons and daughters. And, 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 and re- when I think about relationship and I think about this process of adoption, what we're talking and teaching today, and, and what I'm trying to show you is that God has brought us in when we didn't deserve to be brought in, when we didn't deserve to be called a son, when we didn't deserve to be called a daughter, when we were down and out, when we were low, when we were lost and no one else could find us. It was him that found us, not us that found him. He's the one that did all the work already. He sent Jesus Christ to do all of the work. Jesus created and completed the process of redemption. It's for us to be called sons and daughters. Without the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you and I are what Galatians 8 says. We are slaves to sin and we live in fear. But God sent his son, Jesus Christ, by which we we cry out a father. We say, through Jesus Christ, I've been adopted into God's kingdom and I've been chosen. Listen, I know some of you, when I look across and I scan this audience today, I get it. I know where you are. I know that life has been tough recently. I know there's been some terrible things that have happened to you. I know it seems like hell itself has risen up and come against you. When you wake up in the morning before you can even get going, you're getting a text or a phone call, and life is just coming against you. But for you to sit here today and hear what I'm saying, and please absorb the fact that the God of the universe has chosen you. So guess what, devil? It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter the curveball you throw my way or the schemes that you plan. All of that is for naught because the God of the universe has chosen me. He's picked me. He has selected me. I'm not the last on the team. I'm the first on the team. Amen? He's chosen me. He's picked me. And that should give you some courage and solace today. When I think about relationship, I think that there are are a lot of people who go into relationships for unhealthy reasons a lot of times. I see this as a pastor. I see people who, who enter into relationships for unhealthy reasons. Sometimes it's, it's, it's just the fear of being alone. There's some people that they just don't want to be alone and they seek out relationships out of based on that fear. Or they, they don't want to do life alone or, or, or face the consequences or the choices or the chaos of life alone. Often it's, it's we want to feel and we all want to feel and be loved. 
I think we would all admit that we want to be loved and feel what it's like to be loved. We all need and have a desire, whether you want to admit it or not, every man, every woman, every child in here, we all have the need and the desire to be validated by God, be validated by man, be validated by our peers. Guess what? I like when people tell me after church, Pastor, that was a great message. Just saying. Um, you can lie to me if you want. I don't even care. But we, we all need and like validation. We, we all need that. And, and the reason we like validation and we need it so much in our relationships is because if you've never been validated, you know what it's like not to be validated. For example, it would be like a man growing up with his father and his father never telling his son, son, I'm proud of you. Great job. You did a fa- I'm proud of you, son. You did a great job. That's a great thing you're doing. You know, a great thing about having kids is that you get to brag about even the silly, stupid stuff that nobody else cares about. And we post it all over Facebook like we think everybody else cares about it, but, you know, but we care about it. They're our kids. I don't care if they want sixth place in that tournament, but, man, praise God they got a ribbon, you know? Of course, everybody gets ribbons nowadays. There's no winners and losers or anything, but that's neither here nor there. And, and to be validated, to, to, for someone to say, I approve of you. I approve of you. You know what? You're doing a good job. You're going to make it. You're, you're going to be all right. Somehow, someway, things will work for your good. Church, God has sent me here to tell you that he has validated you. He has said enough is enough. He has said through Jesus Christ that, you know what? I approve of you. If I sent my one and only son to die for you, what other validation do we need as children of God for us to say, you know what? I am the king's kid. I belong to him. He approves of me, amen? He likes me. I'm good enough for him. I'm, I'm okay the way I am, all messed up and, and jacked up and with baggage and, and junk in my trunk. I'm okay with God. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't care if you don't like me. Jesus likes me. Now, some of you are like, man, I've been waiting to say that a long time. <laughs> and for God to say, you know what? I sent my own one and only son. I have validated you as a person, as my creation. I created you. I'm the potter. You're the clay. I have validated you. I have said that you are okay. I have said that you're going to make it. You know what? Things will be okay. It's not as bad as you perceive it to be. Somehow, someway, I'll pick up the pieces of your life, and I'll put them back together, and you'll be better than you ever were. You'll be stronger than you ever were and smarter than you ever were because of life. And that's what relationship is with God. You know, relationship doesn't just happen relationship let me say that again it doesn't just happen you know when when I first met my wife I this is gospel truth being really transparent and, and authentic here the first time I met her man she looked as hot as she does today and and so I remember the first time I saw her, I was like whoa holy cow you know uh, I'm above my league on this one and my mom happened to be there and as she walked away I, I kind of whispered to my mom to make sure she was out of earshot I was like I've got to get someone like that. That's all I'm saying. I, don't know if it, if it was, I didn't know it was going to be exactly be her. I was like, but I've got to find someone like that. And I didn't know anything about her. I just really saw her by her looks. And I'm just being honest. And I was like, wow, you know, okay. And um, so I pursued relationship. I went after her. I found her application and I took the number off the application. <laughs> which I know is super illegal, but whatever. And uh, <laughs> she didn't get the job, but you know. Um, and I did. I I pursued, listen to me, church, I pursued that relationship. 
I didn't sit around and say, boy, I sure hope she calls me. I sure hope that God prophetically speaks my phone number to her, gives her my digits, and, and, uh, and you know, and this is before Facebook and all that, so I didn't know her status was, you know. It, when it, was, it was in the days that you had to talk to people. You know what I'm saying? Like when a guy really had to ask a girl out, you know, you can't just hit him a message right now. Like you had to look him in the eyes like, hey, you want to go hang out or what's up, baby, you know. Um, you got to make relationship happen. Listen, with the Lord, it's not just going to happen because you show up once a week to God's house. Relationship doesn't happen. But just because you raise your hand and you thought worship was awesome doesn't mean relationship happens with God. Relationship is intentional. It's intentional. You've got to work at it. You've got to strive for it. You've got to go at it. And anyone in here who's tried to serve God one day knows that living for God or serving God truly is a challenge. It's tough. The moment you, the, you know, the moment the house gets quiet and the kids are in bed, you're like, all right, God, I'm going to carve out time for you right now. I mean, you get a text, you get a phone call, you get something happens when the kids wakes up, somebody gets sick, you get tired, you're praying, you know, you go to sleep, whatever. <laughs> relationship is intentional. And, and just like with my spouse, to make relationship work, to make it work, it's got to be intentional. We've got to talk. We've got to communicate. We've got to share our feelings and talk. For that to happen, listen to me, church, with the Lord, it's got to be intentional. It is God that is waiting on us, not us waiting on him. It is God that is waiting on us, not us that is waiting on him. He's been there before the foundations of the world waiting for you. He wants relationship with you. He wants to help you navigate the waters of this life. He wants to help you through the chaos of this culture in which we live. But church, it's not going to happen by osmosis. You can stand on your Bible. You look weird. You can put it over your head. You look funny. But that's not going to make relationship happen. You intentionally have to go after God. You know, I, this reminds me of the scripture. I'm getting ready to close on this. Psalms 104 verse 5, it says, it tells us to, to seek the Lord, to, to go after him. But what's interesting about Psalm 105, verse 4, I don't mean to get all theological on you, but, but when God showed me this, I just had to share this with you. See, the Hebrew word uh, translated for search and seek in, in Psalms 105, 4, when it says to search and seek God, it, it, it suggests intentionally looking for something. Not meaning like when you lost your keys. But listen, the word search in the Greek means to intentionally search for something. The word seek implies an eagerness and a desire. So when you read Psalms 105.4, it reads this way. It could be carefully search for the Lord and his strength continually and eagerly seek him. Isaiah 55.6 tells us this. To seek the Lord while he may be found. To call upon him while he is near. You know, I had to ask myself this question when we talk about having a relationship with God, if he's adopted us. Have you ever wondered why Isaiah or the writers in the Bible would say that we have to seek after God? Think about that. Now, in our family, in our household, one of the favorite games that we love to play is hide and seek or black bear. And if anybody else knows about black bear, I'll teach you about that game later if you want. But hide and seek, it's a twist on hide and seek. But we play hide and seek in our house. Harrison loves the game. Our kids love that game. We play hide and seek. You know, as a father, I love for them to catch me. He's in here. I'm giving all the beans away. But I love for, I love for him to catch me. I, I can outrun him. I, I'm faster than him. I, I can outhide him if I want to. But I know when he's getting close to me. So I'll poke my head out. I'll make sure that he finds me. Well, I could stay hidden from him. I make sure that, that he finds me. 
I slow down so that they can catch me. Because the joy of a father, I love it when my kids catch me and they wrap their arms around me and they tackle me and we love on each other. That's, that's the best part about hide and seek. They, don't, they know that now, but that's the only reason I play with it is to get some love out of them. So if in Isaiah 55, 6, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. God is asking us to seek after him. And it, it implies to me that, that God is wanting us to do something. There's, a, there's something that we must do. Let me say it that way. There's a role that we must play in this relationship. Often we come to church and we're going to pray. We're going to close in prayer like we do every Sunday. And we come forward and we say, God, I want you to do everything. Do everything, God. Do everything. Fix all of this mess that I created, but I still want you to fix it. Come on, best to be real. God, I created a huge mess for myself, but please fix it for me. I don't want to reap what I sow, but I just want you to fix this mess. Heal my family. Heal me. God can do all of that. God can do that. He can heal you. He can, he can do all of that. That's not beyond him. He could touch your marriage. He could touch your... That's not beyond him. He's looking for a relationship. He's looking for a relationship. He doesn't just want to give you a miracle so you can go walk away from it. He wants relationship with you. He wants to use what you're going through to draw the best out of you to, so you can see him like you've never seen him before. So you can, I, I find this so interesting, church. It's in the wilderness where we see Jesus at his strongest. It's in the wilderness where we see Moses talking to God. It's in the wilderness where we see David doing the things that, that no one else sees him doing but God. And, and God is asking us, will you seek me? I think God asked us to seek him, Crossroads family, because he doesn't want to be found with the cheap amount of effort. Let me say that again. He doesn't want to be found with the cheap amount of effort. He doesn't want you to be able to show up on one time a week into his house and, and for you to find him like that. He's saying, listen, there's, there's six other days that are going to happen that you're going to need me. I want you to seek me. I've adopted you. I've brought you in. I've, I've connected you with me. Now seek after me. I want you to stand to your feet all across this place. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, there's nothing magical about this moment. And, and, and while we do that, we just do it as a, a great corporate way for us to do something together in this moment. So with our heads bowed, our eyes closed, you're here today, so you know what, Pastor Matt, first of all, I want to make Jesus Christ Lord of my life. I, I want to know that, that if I leave this planet today, I want to know, I don't want there to be a, a doubt in my mind that I would make heaven my home. I don't want there to be any question of where I would spend eternity, but I want to know that I've spent eternity with you, God. If I should leave this planet, I want to be ready. And you know, you're here today, you say, Pastor Matt, would you remember me in prayer? Would you just raise your hand right where you're at and put it right back down? Wow, many hands going up. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I need you in my life. Help me. Change me make me like you I believe that you died for me and in three days you rose from the grave I pray this in Jesus name Amen